this quote here was like uh, I've, I've heard it before, but it was uh, a woman named Christiana Rice. She's a pastor and practitioner that lives in Chicago, and she she had this concept that she introduced called changing the metaphor. And it was based off of this quote from Joseph Campbell, if you wanna change the world, you have to change the metaphor, right? And so she would say that in the world around us, like we have all these different metaphors that we use to talk about the church. And we use to talk about like the life of faith, right? And so like you could, you know, we, if we sat there and we ran around the table, we could come up with a whole bunch of those different ones. A lot of them like being a soldier of God or something like that, right? One of the things that, that, that you'll notice that, that like in, this, in the passage that we read from Ephesians 4 is that there's different, a, lot of, a lot of different metaphors in there for the body of Christ, and a lot of different metaphors for, for how people come together as the body of Christ. And like, so like the idea of being gifts to the body of Christ or things like that. And, and one of the, the, the things that we were talking about today is, is the idea of shepherd, right, from that, that list of the fivefold gift. And, and shepherd has a certain connotation to it. It's a certain metaphor. It brings up certain images. And you'll notice that even in that passage, um, it doesn't translate the word as shepherd. And so like, you, if you guys had the list from the identifying your gifts list that, that, I, that we gave out, you'll notice that that one says shepherd slash pastor because a lot of people use the word pastor instead of using the word shepherd. And you know, pastor and shepherd are actually synonyms, meaning that they, they have the same definition. And pastor is actually the Latin word for just literally translated as shepherd, right? But the word pastor for us, you know, in the English language, it's picked up a lot of definitions now, right? It's picked up, um, it's become loaded with a lot of different meanings to it. And so that when we read the Bible, um, I think we, we often can miss what something, like the context of what something is being said because we read our own meanings into it, right? And so that, that's, that's just an example. Like when we look up the word pastor in the dictionary, um, this is the word that's given for, for, the, for the definition for the word pastor, a minister in charge of a Christian congregation. And it's interesting that, like, when we read that passage, would that, be what, it, would that be what Paul is referencing when he says a shepherd or a pastor in the community, right? Um, and so even when we read it in the, in the NIV, uh, it becomes something that we, we end up having to pull apart a little bit, have to break it down in order to kind of, like, recapture the metaphor, re, re, reframe it. And so when we read pastor, at least for me, like the tradition I grew up in, automatically begin to think of the person in charge of the church, or we begin to use it as an adjective to describe positions of power or leadership in the church, right? Like we begin to talk about the pastor of community care, or pastor of evangelism, or the lead pastor, or pastor of children, or something like that, right? It becomes an adjective that, that's like somebody has this position of power in the community. Um, and so you can see how the way that we use the word pastor, it doesn't necessarily have the same definition of shepherd anymore. It's, not, it's no longer synonymous. It's no longer uh, something that, that is one-on-one -on -one and equals the same, right? And so maybe, like, we, we aren't changing the metaphor per se, but I think by changing the word, like, our, our hope at least was to actually recapture the original metaphor in Ephesians 11, I mean, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, right? And, and it's, not, it's, to, it's to help us not see shepherd as a type within the, like, so it's to help us see shepherd as a type within the community, not a leader or leadership over the community, right? Because again, we were talking about, as we talk about the fivefold gifts, it's this idea of these are people that are within the community, they're types of people in the community, not necessarily the leadership of the community that we're all wired in a certain way as a gift to the body of Christ. And so this is how I would define shepherds. If you want to throw the slide up, Glenn. Shepherds are the soul healers of the community, the midwives of, of restoration, the ones who guard and guide, creating spaces of healing and safety along the journey. So shepherds are the ones who model this like tough-willed guiding and guarding, guarding into wholeness and healing in the world.
right? And so like right now, we're reading a book together called uh, Church's Movement. And that's where we've been basing a lot of like the definitions and the way that we talk about it. It's like, like all the definitions that are on that sheet, the identifying your gift sheet, um, come from this book, Church's Movement, written by J.R. Woodward and Dan White Jr. Jr. I think uh, like shepherding looks like guiding the, the, the body of Christ to be present and guarding the ability for everybody to be present, right? So like when, when, you, when you see the shepherd functioning in the community, they're the ones that are, I think that, that, that they're inviting people to be present with one another. They're, they're inviting people into space. They're inviting people to, and even provoking and challenging people to, to be fully present in that, in that space. Um, so David Fitch, in his book, uh, Faithful Present, he introduces a concept called the three circles of presence. And uh, Glenn, you wanna throw the slide up, the three, the three circle slide? Um, and so it's, it's, it's just real quickly, is that the three circles, let me, I'm gonna give people's voice, let me move out to south. You guys can see that now? So the three circles in, in that is the idea that the, the closed circle is um, where the shepherd leads, in a sense, into, for, for the community to receive as recipients. The dotted circle is where the shepherd functions as host in creating space for others to be present. And then the half circle is the idea of the shepherd inviting others to learn how to be present as guests in the community around them, right? And so, and all, I would say that all three of those, those circles, all three of those spaces become very important places where the shepherd helps to guide, to guide, to guide the community. But the shepherd is also equipping the community, um, you know, all of us, in order to be present in those circles as well. And it's just, and those are very two important things that the shepherd does in the community. And so, um, we'll call, I wanted to take a little bit more time, but we'll call just uh, for the sake of time, I was gonna pass through that, but um, I'm gonna shift gears a little bit and then talk about just three different people that, that were shepherds for me in, in my life. And, and without going into a lot of detail about it, but it's been really interesting like how I've seen shepherd, like somebody being a shepherd and living into that vocation, living into that calling, how it's actually radically shaped my life. Right, so I had one when I was in Hawaii. His name was uh, Pastor Mike Ward, and he was a he was he was a military man, and so we'll call it like you know, and, and he he was very strict about things, but he was very loving in the way that he did that. And so for him, like Pastor Mike, he played the shepherd in my life, but shepherd as challenger. He's, he challenged me to be a better version of myself. He challenged me to to not procrastinate. He challenged me to to, to be disciplined, actually. And those things are the things that have reaped dividends in my life, and and even now, even 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 now. Uh, we'll call it, like when things, when, you know, when things are going around, he'll, he'll still hit me up in order to say like, Carl, like, are you living into the thing that God has called you to do, right? So he's, shepherd, he's, she, he's a shepherd as a challenger. And then I have another friend of mine, um, his name is Neil. And I would say this, he, he functions like shepherd as coach. He's one of those guys that he's been there, he's done that, and he's always asking the right kinds of questions to help you get to the next place where you're trying to go. It's like, what are you trying to do? What are you trying to build? Where are you trying to go? And he begins to ask questions, he begins to help coach you along the way, right? And so that's again, like shepherd as, as, as coach, shepherd as guide. And then the last person is Pastor Craig from, from Horizon Ascending Church. And, and a couple years back, um, I, I went through this, this, this season where I burnt out and there was like some, some, some conflicts and things that had happened in my life. Where, where I just kind of crashed, depression and things like where I just kind of crashed. And Pastor Craig, like, if, you, if you've met him, like, he, he's, very, he's a very type A personality. He really wants to get things done. But at the same time, like, he's also one of those people who's going to challenge you to find health. He's going to challenge you to find wholeness. And he's constantly looking at what does restoration look like for somebody. 
And so I would say that he was a shepherd as restorer in, in, in my life. And, and all three of those different people had the opportunity to shepherd in very different ways, and they all look very different from one another. None of them, like, you wouldn't look at them and be like, okay, like, this is an archetype for what a shepherd should look like. But at the same time, all of them had that idea of helping to guide me into the future, helping to guide me into a place of wholeness. And so I would say that shepherding is not about being the main leader, um, but rather it's, it's the way that one is wired. And shepherds, in a sense, I would say that they can't help occupy that space of being shepherds wherever they are. And, and, and people that even don't even know that they're shepherds, like, you know, they, they, don't, they don't understand themselves in that role, especially in the church today, where when we talk about the word pastor, we usually talk about someone who's a leader in the community when we use that language. And I think what it does is it disempowers people from actually stepping out into that kind of God-given, God-wired way that, that they are. And, and just an example of that in our community, like, like everyone knows Landon, he's, he's not here today, but um, like the very first time that I met him, uh, like it was after the message and, and, and he just came up and offered a few words of encouragement, right? And it was just, it was really cool to have, like the first time I'm meeting him and he's already stepping into that moment, right? Because shepherds can't help but occupy that space. Like they're gonna be encouragers, they're gonna be empowerers, you know, they're gonna be the people that, that help to find wholeness and invite you into spaces to be present with yourself even and with others, right? And so in the Gospel of John, we have this great story of Jesus restoring Peter as shepherd, right? And so the context of that story is you, you have Peter who's, who's failed, right? He's gone, and he's gone back to fishing, he's given up hope for being who Jesus has called him to be. And then you have Jesus who sits down with Peter beside a fire and feeds Peter fish and just as they're fish, he's finished cooking, you know, he's finished cooking the fish over the hot embers of the fire, um, we, we pick up the story and it says, Jesus um, says to Peter, Simon, the son of John, do you love me more than these? Pointing to the fish. Uh, yes, Lord, he says, you know I love you. Jesus says, then feed my lambs. And again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Then Jesus said, take care of my sheep. And the third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things, you know that I love you. And then Jesus said, feed my sheep. And it was, it's a cool moment because you see Jesus not only models being a shepherd, the one, one who helps to restore, one who helps to heal, one who helps to guide into, into wholeness, but he also empowers Peter to be a shepherd as well. He calls him, he challenges him, he provokes him to, to go beyond the place that he currently was, right? And so we, we can look at Peter's life and we see Peter as an immature shepherd where, um, you know, he even takes Jesus aside at one point and rebukes Jesus for what Jesus is doing. He's like, you can't do that. And um, you have the story where, where Peter takes him aside and rebukes him and says, no, Lord, never, this shall never happen to you. And Jesus turns to Peter and he says, get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block to me. And, and, it, and, it, and it's funny because Peter, as an immature shepherd, couldn't help but try to, dic you know, he couldn't help but try to dictate where others would, should go instead of guiding them, right? So they mistake trying to force somebody in a direction versus trying to guide them in a direction. And so when Jesus tells Peter that he's heading, in, heading to the cross and Peter tries to tell Jesus um, what is what, um, he gets called Satan for good measure, um, which I don't know, like that's not, to me, that's probably like the best kind of comeback. It's like, hey, you can't do that. Get behind me, Satan. Right, and it's just one of those things where next time someone tries to, like, you know, cop pulls you over, you're speeding, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> uh, probably don't do that, but. <laughs> um, right, but, but 
You know, but here you have this guy, Peter, right? He even tries to separate a man's head from his shoulders with a sword. He misses and cuts off his ear, but he was aiming at the head. Um, when Jesus, when the authorities come to arrest Jesus, right? So Pete, like, we, we can't look at Peter and say, oh, he was weak. He was, because he was actually a courageous man. Like he was someone who, who would step up and step forward when things came to happen. But his immaturity, like he didn't know how to guide and guard at the same time. Like he, he you know what I mean? It's that, it's that finding that tension, finding that, that, that balance of the two. And so when Jesus does go to the cross, Peter ends up um, denying Jesus and abandoning his fellow disciples in the midst of that. And so it's after this that Jesus was raised from the dead and that Jesus restores Peter and he tells Peter to feed his sheep. And, we see, and he sees birthed in Peter a new future, a new, a new sense of calling, a new sense of identity, that eventually Peter becomes the man who gathers his fellow disciples, the man who sees people from all over the world come to Jesus, the man who goes you know, into homes and, and, and into the lives of outsiders, the man who tears down the boundaries to create space for outsiders to become insiders, to become family. Right? We see Peter begin to move towards maturity in the mix of that. And Peter goes from rebuking Jesus to leading others to Jesus. Peter goes from running and hiding and, move, and moving in, but instead moving into the fearful and unknown territories to make sure that he could create space for others to follow Jesus. And according to church history, um, Peter eventually dies on a cross because he refuses to abandon his fellow followers of Jesus when they're being persecuted in the city of Rome. Right? And so you have this person who abandons Jesus at the cross, unwilling to abandon others, and eventually ends up on a cross as an act of shepherding. And so shepherds, I would say they create space for restoration because they know and feel the restoration they have received from Jesus so deeply, right? They know what it feels like to be restored. They know what it feels like to be guided and guarded and, and, and walked into wholeness. And this allows them to guide the rest of the body to live out the ministry of reconciliation that we've all been called to. Um, there's a quote from David Fitch's book, if you can throw it up, Glenn. And it says this, the world hungers for a new space of mutual understanding and blessing of each other's uniqueness, gifts, and cultural heritage. The world hungers for people to be faithfully present to the reconciliation work of God in this world. And I would say that shepherds are the ones that lead the church into the mix of that. They, they help to empower the rest of the body of Christ to step into the mix of that. And so one of, one of the leaders in the early church, circa the second century, um, his name is, uh, is, is Arrhenius. Oh, yeah, Arrhenius. Um, he says this, the glory of God is man fully alive. And, and I would say shepherds want to see this happen for you. They want to see you fully alive because, they, because it glorifies God, right? They want to encourage, they want to empower, they want to exhort you, um, to, and they want to challenge you to be all that you could be called to be that you've been called to be by God. They want to be present with you regardless of whether you achieve it or not, though. It's not dependent on, okay, you're winning, let me be present with you. It's like, let me just be present with you, right? And so because of this, I would say that um, we actually need to make an adjustment to, to the Iranian quote, and I would say this, that the glory of God is man fully alive and fully present, right? And being fully present with people is such a beautiful gift, right? It's, it's if you are a shepherd, you are, I would say you are such a beautiful gift to the body of Christ, to the community, and to the world around us. And this, and, but at the same time, when I say that, like this is how I know that I'm not a shepherd based on these types, is that my mind lives in the future, right? One of my mentors once said to me, he's like, Carl, you live in the future, um, you're so future-oriented that you will have a hard time learning how to be present, right? And I would say that shepherds are the people who are naturally present. For me, it takes a lot of work to learn how to be present with people because if you sit down with me and get me excited about something, I'm probably telling you about something happening four or five years down the road. <laughs> 
and, and that's where my mind lives. Um, and so like those words have been a constant struggle for me because I feel like there's, there's this idea that as in, in, in being in community, although that's not the way I'm naturally wired, um, but I also want to empower shepherds in our community, want to help equip them and to release them into our community. And part of that sometimes requires you have to play the role sometimes. And so I've, I've been trying to, to learn to live into that. Um, but there are those who, who are among us who live in the present and invite others to find our space with them there. And I would say those are what shepherds do, right? And so I, also, I would also say I know that I'm not naturally wired as a shepherd because I'm way too competitive. Um, like if you play Monopoly with me, ask Glenn, um, just one time, you will probably not like me for at least a week, <laughs> right? It will take you a while to be like, hey, um, Carl, I know he's a nice guy, but dang it, what was he doing? Right, um, and for whatever, no, and, I, and in my mind, I'm being the nicest dude when I'm playing Monopoly, and everybody hates me still. Um, I'm not sure what happens. They all turn against me, right? But, and it boils down to this. It's like, like I want to cheer you on. I want to see you succeed. Um, I want to see you be all that God has called you to be. But if I'm honest, in the back of my mind, I end up comparing myself to a lot of people, right? Like, I want you to be all you can be, but I also kind of want to be all I can be and be probably a little bit better, just being honest, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's shameful, but it's, it's honest, right? And it's like, like, I take pride, for me, I take pride in how I'm doing, and, I, and, I, and I'm, proud as you as, I'm proud of you as well, but I think shepherds, they, they take pride in how you're doing first, right? For them, it's no comparison, it's no competition, their fulfillment comes from walking with you and seeing you be all that you can be in all that God has called you to be, right? And, and, and there's that difference. It's like, I want to see you be all that God can be, but I'm like, I, I, I kind of want to be a little bit better, though. Shepherds are like, I want to, I, like, my, my whole, my, I'm oriented to seeing you live that out first and foremost. And in doing so, they're actually being all that they are called to be in the mix of that. And so, but this is why I would say over and over again that shepherds are a beautiful gift to the community. They teach us to be present in ways that many of us are not wired to be. They lead us to still waters and green pastures and take delight when they see us flourish there. With shepherds, without shepherds in my life, I would never have had the courage to step out and take the risks that I've taken in my life. The resolve to pick myself up and try again when everything crashed around me, when everything failed. The discipline to complete the right tasks at the right time, or the empathy to walk with others who are risking and falling at the things that they have felt called to do. And, and, that, and that's just the power of a shepherd being present in my life, is that they, they raise the bar for everybody. Um, and so I wanna invite Kareem to, to come up to share a song with us. This is a song by Mavis Staples. It's called, uh, You Are Not Alone. Now, I love this song, and I would say for me, this song is like the theme song for shepherds, right? Like this is, this is like their, their anthem.
broken heart and isolate in the Open up this is me. Wanna get it through to you. You're not alone. Because of time, we're actually going to bypass doing the conversation stuff after, so we're going to move to the doxology in like one minute. It's probably easy for you to just chill. Um, but like, like that song there, like, like the lyrics, like, open up, this is a raid, I'm going to get through to you, you're not alone. Like those, like to me, that just like typifies like the shepherd's heart. You know, you know what I mean? Like they're that person that no matter where you're at, truthfully good or bad, they're, 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 they're moving towards you. They're, they're present with you in the mix of that. And... I, I tend to see the world like movie scenes in my head, right? And um, every time when I, when I think of shepherds, like this is the theme song that's playing in the background. This is the thing that's playing. And, and, and so for me, like when, 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 I'm, when, I'm, when I'm hearing the words of that song, as I said, like, like to me, like if you don't remember anything else that I said from today, just listen to that song again and you'll capture the, the heart of what we're talking about when we talk about the shepherd. And so I think, as I said, I think this is the beauty of shepherds, right? They're willing and able to be present in the good times and in the bad times. And in both, they call us to those still waters and green pastures. They call us to flourish. They call us to be present. They call us to be everything that God has created us to be. Um, and they're constantly, regardless of whether it's happening slowly or fast, they, they want to be present with us in the mix of that. 
And so, they're, like for me, I would just say they're the epitome of Romans 12, 15. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Pastors are those people who are present with you, the ones that you remember in those moments. And so, um, normally we would go into the conversation time, right? Like with the head, heart, and hand questions. Uh, but if you guys go to like fos.church, uh, under the resources tab, there's a thing called conversation notes, and it'll have them up there. And I'd love for you guys to take a moment to like sit and reflect on them. Normally, we would love to talk about them here, but it's already quarter to seven, um, and so I don't I don't want to keep everybody a lot later because we'd like done 20 minutes ago usually. So, um, but I would love for us to spend some time to reflect on those things because I believe that there are those of us here that are, that are that, that, that fit that shepherd type, and in the mix of that. We want to be faithful to equip and empower and to facilitate and release you in this community. And part of that is reflecting on those things together.